And consider consider your athletic staff. You have coach, your trainers, and your athletic directors, and each of them may have their own different tools. You have handheld. Some might have different weather apps. Um, they're digesting weather information, um, which most are not professionals at, right? But still, they're distilling a forecast of what to expect, communicating that with leadership on the team, making a decision, communicating that decision to athletes and visitors, suspending the activities, and then actually getting people to safety. Our outdoor events and our indoor events are both uh, managed by the weather. It's, and I would start with just the travel. If you've got a school coming from Amarillo or Lubbock, which is up in the Panhandle, they may be fighting just to get out. You're listening to TAPS Talk, a podcast from the Texas Association of Private and Parochial Schools. My name is John Skees, and this is the sound you don't want to hear when you're at a TAPS event. This time of year always presents a particular challenge, what with the volatility of spring weather in Texas and the sheer number of TAPS events that take place during this time. If you happen to attend our state track meet last week, you probably heard me making weather announcements over the stadium PA, and we modified the schedules of both days to work around the threats of lightning and heavy rain. Our baseball and softball championships are coming up this week, and once again, rain and lightning will be threats that we need to plan for and adapt to. And of course, these two events weren't the first time we've had to adapt to the weather this year. Okay, and then once we get past that, we're pretty cool all the way till till six, so we'd be clear. Yeah, that's what that's what the latest data is showing here. I'm, pretty much everyone agrees that there's going to be some some showers, some thunderstorm activity once we get uh, uh, after six p.m. tomorrow. But we'll probably send out an updated forecast here sometime uh, uh, sometime in the next couple hours. Okay, uh, that'll sort of match up with what I just told you here. Okay, that'd be helpful. We're uh... We're just trying to make plans. Plan A, plan B. We're not move up 10 o'clock game. Second game is at? I'd say 12. We put on that was TAPS Associate Directors Robert Huckabee and Steve Prudhomme on the phone with an Earth Network's meteorologist during our Winter Soccer Championships back in March. TAPS partners with Earth Networks, part of AEM, to help us plan for operations across the state. We use their tools and their staff to keep our participants safe at the events that we host. In this episode of TAPS Talk, you will hear from two weather safety strategists at AEM on how they can help our member schools protect their communities on their own campuses. And you'll hear a little bit about how TAPS handles weather disruptions to our championships. I'd say 12. We put on a two-hour schedule, move them up an hour. So let's get started. And I would start with just the travel. If you've got a school coming from Amarillo or Lubbock, which is up in the Panhandle, they may be fighting just to get out based on their weather. That's TAPS Executive Director Brian Bunzelmeyer in an interview with Earth Networks a few years ago. And when we look at things for us, it's all of our stakeholders. It's the fans, it's the teams, it's the officials. Our outdoor events and our indoor events are both uh, managed by the weather. If it's an outdoor event, of course, and you've got rain and lightning, you may have to delay or postpone. But even getting to some of our indoor events, uh, you know, you think of a choir would not really be contingent on what the weather is. But if you're wearing chiffon dresses and you've got to walk between buildings, I guarantee you those young ladies don't want to be drenched when they walk between two buildings. So how do we manage that? As an affiliate member of the National Federation, they set some pretty good guidelines for heat, whether it be heat or cold, for lightning 10 miles in 30 minutes. But one of the things that changes for us is what the facility itself is. 
So if you're at cross country and it's a 5K course, you're spread out an awful long way. We've got 5,000 spectators and students there. They're not all going to be able to run back into an indoor place in the event of lightning. Uh, in golf, because it's a walking course, it, you know, on a general golf course, most people are on a golf cart. So if you blow the severe weather, they just hop back on the cart and drive back to the clubhouse. For us, we have to figure out how to get the kids back. And then larger stadiums, the more we've built the larger stadiums, they're different in that you put 5,000 people in a stadium, where are you going to put them all when they come back? So a lot of times we have to use our Earth Network's forecast in advance five to 10 days out and make a call on what we think is going to happen. Uh, so postponing a lot of times is better than just holding weights. It could be heat in August, freezing temperatures in January, or thunderstorms in May. Weather is always a critical factor for TAPS events, both indoors and outdoors. And that extends to every school in our association. Heat is too intense or when lightning is close by, you know, what are the challenges that are posed to uh, coaches, trainers, athletic directors when they're trying to kind of weed through that process of how do we keep the athletes safe, the staff safe, visitors safe. Marissa Bryant and Sonny Chalasiri are weather safety strategists with AEM. I spoke with them on the challenges that our schools face in keeping their communities safe and ways that AEM can assist with those challenges. Well, there's really so many things going on in a practice or even a game setting for your typical athletic director, coach, or even trainer from scheduled activities or plays that need to be made all the way up to managing injuries or morale. So we have these athletic staff that are jumping through hoops to get the perspective on weather from a number of different resources, whether that's handhelds, free weather apps, websites, Google, or even worse, the public weather broadcasts. The information that they can get sometimes disagrees and they're actually left having to make these hard calls for canceling or postponing events. My name is Marissa Bryant and I am a weather safety strategist at AEM. Why do you say uh, jumping through hoops uh, to get access to weather data? Typically, um, free weather data is perceived as good. So what's the deal? Consider, consider your athletic staff. You have coach, your trainers, and your athletic directors, and each of them may have their own different tools. My name is Sonny Chalasheri, and I am a weather safety strategist at AEM. You have handheld, some might have different weather apps. And then when you look at their individual roles, you have coaches who are focused on the game, the roster, the lineup, who needs to get subbed in or out, what plays are being run, how's the other team doing, what can coach see that that the players might not see uh, how does coach need to refocus the team to get them back on track to to get ahead of their opposition and you have your trainers who are focused on the health of the players to ensure everyone's at peak performance now typically your trainers are they're going to be multitasking to ensure everyone's hydrated stretched out uh it, it warmed up and if they're injured then you want them iced up or even wrapped up and sometimes taken back to the to the locker room and like athletic directors are focused on more of the high level issues the legal issues health and safety issues uh issues with the facility uh professionalism any kind of best practices so if you're jumping through hoops this is where you know they're just trying to balance all those different tasks um, they're digesting weather information um, which 
most are not professionals at, right? But still, they're distilling a forecast of what to expect, communicating that with leadership on the team, making a decision, communicating that decision to athletes and visitors, suspending the activities, and then actually getting people to safety. What hurts about it? Time is life. So when lightning is when within 10 miles of a location, the people outside of that location are still at risk. Why is that? Well, lightning can travel 10 to 12 miles from a cloud to location on the ground that's actually sitting under blue skies. And then if wet bulb globe temperature is increasing to the point of high risk of heat stroke, then you don't want to wait to make sure your players are getting enough hydration or even rest. Ultimately, you don't want to lose a life or let anyone suffer a lifetime injury as a result of lightning or heat stress. To top it off, schools can be liable in the event someone goes down from a weather event. So those settlement cases can be as low as $2.6 million or even breach $10 million. Most families that file these lawsuits, they do so to prevent schools from continuing to let kids play sports without a method of keeping them safe from the weather. There are schools now that they don't have to deal with this because they're just focused on their own game, their own practice, their individual roles. And when bad weather is an issue, they just get automatically notified whether it's lightning or heat. Uh, what's another school uh, that's dealt with this issue? So you can look at Palm Beach County schools in Florida. So first of all, Florida is known as the lightning capital of the world, right? In this county, they used to use handheld devices and other simple tools, but they found out that people lost those devices, left them in their drawer or car. They assumed someone else had it or, or batteries failed or maybe it wasn't working properly. They were having loads of issues that kept them from delivering adequate safety to their teams. Furthermore, they sometimes experience different weather at the north side of the county compared to the south side of the county. So their ability to make weather-related decisions was stretched and, and challenged, to say the least. Once they figured out how to get a, a more accurate look at bad weather without having to sift through all of the junk out there, their lives became much easier on the athletic safety side. Instead of jumping from handhelds to other sources of weather data, they just use one source that notifies them automatically at every single school. Using the automated system has been, in athletics, a pretty tried and true method to keep athletics on track in the game while also increasing the confidence that they can handle bad weather weather without the logistical chaos. Right now, many schools are finding an automated approach to save a lot of time and reduce the risk of loss of life, the risk of injury, and even the risk of liability. What can schools expect uh, if they change to this way of doing things? Well, schools can expect to never get frazzled by bad weather. They can expect to always be confident of how to respond instead. They can expect to reduce the confusion associated with bad weather. They can increase their confidence on making those go or no-go decisions. They can expect to never lose focus on the game while always winning against bad weather. They can expect to always keep their athletes, staff, and visitors safe. 
They can reduce the number of times that they have to actually beg people to get to safety when there's a severe weather event. And they can expect to significantly reduce their liability, saving millions of dollars in potential settlement cases for a fraction of the cost by just getting a system set up. Those of schools are doing this right now. You have Florida, Broward County Schools, and Maryland. There are quite a few county schools that are doing this, one of them Carroll County Public Schools. In Oklahoma, you have Oklahoma State University. Virginia, you have James Madison University. And right here in Texas, at least 54 schools are doing something similar. What do schools need to do to win against the risk of losing lives uh, to bad weather uh, and millions to liability? Well, it's actually pretty simple for a school to win against the risk of losing these lives to bad weather, even millions in um, liability. You need to have an automated siren at every school that notifies of lightning. With it, you would use a countdown clock to stay updated throughout the entire alert life cycle. Essentially, you need to know how much time before you can resume the game, practice, or any other activity. Additionally, schools can get a weather station installed at each location to ensure they're tracking and alerting on wet bulb globe temperature for heat stress, which is so much more accurate than using temperature or heat index. How do they get started? You schedule a quick 15-minute strategy session with Marissa Bryant. You can email her at marissa.bryant at aem.eco, M-A-R-I-S-S-A dot B-R-Y-A-N-T at A-E-M dot E-C-O, or you can call her at her phone number. My phone number, guys, is 580-284-8400. We'll evaluate what you can do to reduce risk without the complexity. Once again, that was Marissa Bryant and Sonny Chalasiri of AEM. We recorded those thunderstorm sounds last October in Midland, Texas. The meteorologist you heard was during our 2023 Winter Soccer Championship back in February. And the tape with our executive director was from the Earth Network's webinar series, Weather Safety Warmups, from December of 2019. Music in this episode provided by Upbeat Music. TAPS Talk is a production of the Texas Association of Private and Parochial Schools. It is produced and hosted by me, John Skees, the Director of Media for TAPS. Brian Bunsenmeyer is our Executive Director. Robert Huckabee is our Associate Director and Director of Compliance. Steve Prudhomme is our Associate Director. Steve Huhulman is our Athletic Director. Rhonda Smith is our Director of Fine Arts. Liz Cornett is our General Manager of Corporate Partnerships. Kelly Bay, Delaney Bunsenmeyer, Will Dixon, and Vicki Morgan help keep everything running smoothly in the TAPS office from transfer paperwork to event logistics to live broadcasts. Thank you for listening. We'll see you at baseball and softball in a few days. Don't forget your umbrella.